0: Welcome to the Touring Plans Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Touring Plan Podcast. I'm Angela Dahlgren, here with my co-host, Brian McNichols. Hello. And today we are answering your questions. If you did not listen to our last episode, we talked all about the Land Pavilion at Epcot, so you can check that out. And let's jump right in.
0: Yeah. Now, one thing we probably should mention, we got a lot of questions, which is fantastic, but because there were so many, we're actually going to split this into two episodes. So if you send us a question and you don't hear it in this episode, keep an ear open for an episode that'll probably be out in about two weeks that will have the rest of the questions. So sorry about that, but it's because we got so many awesome questions.
1: Yes. And also if you don't hear your name, Brought up and you didn't get your question answered, it's probably because someone else asked the same question. And mm-hmm. yes, that's why. Okay. Yeah,
0: especially with our first category here, we got a lot of uh, similar questions.
1: <laughs> yes. And that category is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. These are all Facebook questions, by the way, just so you know. So our first question is from Jennifer Staying at Disney August 22nd to the 29th. My family really wants to see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but with young kids, lines could be a problem. Right now, the plan is to try to get in prior to the 29th and go the 30th, hoping crowds might be a little better than day of. Good touring plan, bad touring plan, advice please. I guess the short answer is, it's going to be busy both days. Very busy. Either way, it's just going to be crazy.
0: This is a little bit hard to answer these specific planning questions about Galaxy's Edge because we don't know yet how Disney's going to handle uh, the operations for it. We know more now about Disneyland's version. Mm-hmm. For Disneyland's version, it is going to be all reservation-based, at least for, for the first three weeks, I think, that opens. June 24th, I think, the reservations end. Mm-hmm. For the, so for the first like three weeks, it's reservations only. And then after that, it's still going to be some sort of reservation-like system, Mm -hmm. but you won't have to do it in advance, I don't think. They haven't really said a lot about that yet. We've been kind of under the impression, and Disney has kind of hinted, that they're waiting to decide the real operational details with Disney World's version until after they see how Disneyland's version goes. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that if this goes really well, that – a very similar thing will be implemented for Disney world. If that's the case, then the crowd shouldn't be terrible because presumably they will only let a certain number of people in with the reservations. And then it will just be whenever you get the reservation will be when you go, if they end up doing a just all out blitz, you line up when you, whenever you want and people are camping out for three days to get in and that kind of thing, it's going to be miserable for at least a week and then just really bad for another like three months after that because it will be like going to see Pandora at Animal Kingdom times 10, mm-hmm. where to really get on Avatar Flight of Passage in a reasonable time, you kind of have to get to Animal Kingdom about an hour before they open. Uh, with Galaxy's Edge, that could be like two hours before the Hollywood Studios even opens. And this could all happen again once Rise of the Resistance opens because when yep. in August 29th, only Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run will be open. The, the bigger attraction... Star Wars Rise of the Resistance will not open then. So when that opens, there could be another like mini rush of people going. So it will probably be better on the 30th than the 29th, -hmm. but I think it's going to be pretty marginal. I think you're definitely keep an eye on our YouTube channel, on our blog at touringplans.com slash blog. Keep an eye on when they start announcing how the operations are going to work because that's going to determine this more than anything.
1: Yep. And honestly, I can't see Disney making Walt Disney World a free-for-all. I can see it being a little similar to the Disneyland arrangement. And for those reservation times, they are tending to be a four-hour block inside the Mm -hmm. land. So again, I can see that being more similar. And I am interested to see how they will handle Rise of the Resistance once that opens. Because by then, they probably won't be having the reservation times, I guess, depending Mm -hmm. when it opens. But will they go back to that? Will they just do Fast Pass only? I guess we'll see how that goes. Or will they do standby only? And that will make the lines go quicker.
0: In Disneyland, they've already said... I, I think in both, haven't they already said that, they're, that Millennium Falcon will be standby only yes. when it opens? Yeah. So I assume Rise of the Resistance will probably be like that too—that it will end up being standby only, because it, it does it just moves faster without yeah, fast passes. It does. So I, I I think that's probably definite. I think it's I think it's going to be one of those too that it'll either be only fast pass or only standby. I don't think they're going to mix those when it opens. But it, it might also depend when it opens. If it ends up opening in you know late September, well they they maybe the crowds aren't as bad then they have a little more to play with. If it doesn't open until December 21st, well, then they have to do something. <laughs> like it's.
1: I guess my huge concern is how long the line is going to be for Smuggler's Run. Because think about it, if you only get four hours in the park, how long is that line going to be? Is that going to take up all of your four hours? Is it going to take three and a half hours? And then how long are you going to have to see the rest of the land? You know what I mean?
0: I think a lot of that depends on how they're going to get you out of the park out of the land when your time is up right because originally we heard that the times might not overlap so that they can completely sweep the land Mm -hmm. that isn't the case the times do overlap they do so i don't know if they're going to do like make you wear a a wristband and a certain color is for a certain hour Mm -hmm. so that they can and do like they do at the, the parties at the magic kingdom where when you go they have like checkpoints set up and every time you go by you have to show them the wristband and if it's the wrong color they say oh i'm sorry your time visiting Batu is is over please get out
1: or maybe they'll have an arrival time for the millennium falcon and then i think didn't steve say that or fred and then after you are done you leave
0: yeah they i mean they could do it where that's the first thing you do that like you go in and they immediately you know tell you to go there what i'm a little bit afraid of is that if they do say like the colored wristbands and you know, after your four hours are up, they can stop you at the front of the queue from getting on smugglers run. But if you get there five minutes before your time is up, will they let you on? Because that Mm -hmm. could create a much longer line. Cause I think that's what everybody will end up doing is staying in the park, in the land for three and a half hours Mm -hmm. and then going and getting on smugglers run and just waiting out that line afterwards, which would increase it because then you'd have, carryovers from the group before still in line and it still wouldn't be too bad depending on how many people they actually let in per group but it would definitely make it Longer that way, because that's got to be a concern. Because that line has to be under, I would say, at least two hours or less. Yeah. Or else people will start complaining. If I I I've waited in line for three hours and I only have four, like I haven't seen the rest ridiculous. of the
1: land. I haven't had my blue milk. Yeah. I haven't done the lightsaber experience. So.
0: And the supposedly the you know the rumors are that Oga's Cantina is going to have a one hour time limit, which again they may not need for the initial part because if you only have four hours you're probably not going to want to sit in there for two right but still that may create a line there so if you have to wait an hour to get an august cantina and then two hours for smugglers run you might not see anything else Oh God. so it's going to be interesting how they they do it we will be there we will keep you posted so
1: the vloggers are going to have a lot to get done in four hours lots of food to try drinks rides oh my god oh yes Wow, we spent like almost 10 minutes on one question.
0: (laughs) That's why we have to split these up.
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay, Uh, this next question is from Ted. We planned our vacation over a year ago and picked September due to lower crowds. With the opening of Galaxy's Edge, crowds will be higher, but we will have a chance to visit Galaxy's Edge. My question is, do you think we would have a better chance to get into Galaxy's Edge by hitting the morning extra magic hours that Sunday or later in the week when crowd levels predictions drop to six? because on that Sunday, they're estimated at a 10. Mm -hmm. We would be arriving before rope drop on both days. Now that leads to an interesting question. And that is, how is Disney's Hollywood Studios going to handle the morning extra magic hours and really the evening extra magic hours with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Is it going to be a paid thing only? Are they going to have them at all?
0: I think they've said that Smuggler's Run will be open for extra magic hour at Disney World. It will not at Disneyland. Okay. Since they've already said that, my assumption is that they will have extra magic hours and that it will be open. If that's the case, then yes, I would imagine that that is going to be the best time to go because the crowd is already going to be limited to hotel guests. I mean, that can still be a lot of people, but if you are willing to get there very early in the morning, like I would say, I'm going to say at least an hour mm-hmm. before the extra magic hour starts. And, you know, of course you're going to go directly to Millennium Falcon smugglers run, assuming Rise of the Resistance still isn't open at that point. That's only what a week after the land open. So presumably it won't be. If Rise of the Resistance is open, that's a trickier question that we don't Mm -hmm. quite know the answer to yet. But if Smugglers Run's the only one open, you go directly there, then spend probably the rest of the extra magic hour looking around the land if you want. But again, this kind of goes back to the last question. It depends what they're going to do with these. That they've already said it's going to be open for extra magic hours makes me a little nervous Mm -hmm. that it is not going to be a reservation system. Either that or they will let you in for that hour and then basically sweep it and say like, okay, now you got to get out. Yeah. Now it's reservation only. Either way, the extra magic hour will be better for you. Even though the park is is a 10 on that day, you'll still be ahead of the game if you do smugglers run you can go over and then you know get in line for slinky dog or use your fast passes you know elsewhere and you'll still be able to do a lot of the park Um, and the shows won't be busy even though it's a busy day
1: so really he could do either or for extra Mm -hmm. morning magic hours
0: yeah and again you know uh, some of it depends how they decide to handle the crowds in in galaxy's Mm -hmm. edge but in general if you can use the extra magic hour it's better to do so even if it's a higher crowd day. If you have a park hopper and can then hop to a park that is a lower crowd level in like mid-morning or Mm -hmm. early afternoon, that's the best case scenario. But uh, you're still better off using the extra magic hour because you'll get a lot done in those first like two hours that you're in the park. Yes,
1: absolutely. All right. Next question is by Ebony. With Galaxy's Edge opening the week we arrive in Walt Disney World, do you suspect any of the parks will be opening earlier? Right now, they are scheduled to open at 9 a.m. I'm worried because I have a beer guest reservation at 820 and was hoping to eat and ride Seven Dwarfs Mine Train before the crowds. Plus, I don't want to waste the first park hours eating if I can help it. So, Disney can change their park hours really up to like three weeks before your trip. So, really check the park hours anyway leading up to your trip because they can change Mm -hmm. really at a moment's notice. Right now, our crowd calendar is showing up to only a 25% increase after Galaxy's Edge opens, and I think that's for Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. So they're not increasing too much as of right now. However, we do have a May 3rd crowd calendar update coming. Look out for that.
0: As far as the park hours are concerned, Disney doesn't really update their park hours until like two weeks to a month before. Mm -hmm. It's usually a pretty good indicator to look at the equivalent day is from last year. So, you know, she says they're going the week after. So so let's say they're also going September 7th, like our, our the last one. She doesn't say the dates in here. Mm-hmm. What you would want to look at is that same Saturday from the year before. In this case, it would be September 8th. And the park hours there, like now the Magic Kingdom, was it was open from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. on that day. That's usually a pretty good indicator of what the hours are going to be like. I don't necessarily know if they'll do... 8am openings at other parks at Hollywood studios. It's very likely that they will, but at the other parks, I'm not sure. The magic kingdom is the only other one that does fairly routinely get those on like Saturdays and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in September, that's normally a less busy time. So they may still not, they may bump up the hours at Hollywood studios and keep the others a little more compressed so that they don't aren't using quite as many as much personnel. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, that's, that you just kind of have to take a flyer with those, those reservations. And if they do change the hours, you can always use our reservation finder to try to find a last-minute reservation on a different day um, and kind of switch things up a little bit. But unfortunately, um, Disney kind of just does that stuff at whims sometimes, I think.
1: Well, doesn't our historic crowd calendar, does it show the past park hours?
0: You can go back. There's, on on the crowd calendar, on the desktop version, there's a jump to date thing on the left-hand side that you can go to any date back to, uh, what is it, 2006, yeah.
1: And it shows past park hours, so that might Uh give you an idea of what it might be like. All right. So, James says, how do you think the rest of Disney's Hollywood Studios will be when Galaxy's Edge opens? Will lines for Slinky Dog Dash and other attractions subside because everyone is geeking out on Star Wars? Well, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> a concern right now with Minnie and Mickey's yeah. Runaway Railway. That's kind of the the problem right now is because with that opening late now, we were kind of hoping that that would bring some of the crowds away from Star Wars land, or at least kind of, you know, mm. take some of them. But now that that's not opening, I, I think it's just going to be crazy there.
0: Yeah. It's hard to tell because, like when Pandora opened at Animal Kingdom the the rest of the other attractions in Animal Kingdom did go up i think it was in the like 20 to 25% range mm-hmm. that the other attractions went up in wait times in Animal Kingdom you know which is is significant but it's not terrible i mean you're talking about it right. going from an hour to an hour and 20 minutes or something like that you know or that's it's not insurmountable no i do think that Uh, a lot again i've said this for i think every question so far a lot of it depends on how they do the operations Mm -hmm. if there are a lot of people in the park waiting for a reservation they're going to want to do other stuff and there's not a lot of other stuff to do in hollywood studios i mean like at disneyland for their opening disneyland has like like 40 rides or yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, there's a ridiculous. ton to there. So it will spread everybody out. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios has like six rides. So it might very well be worse there because of that. Now, if they let people line up to go into the land, that will eat up a lot of people. And yeah. then maybe, then it might not be as bad. Toy Story Land is the tough one to figure out because we, we think, uh, and Disney hasn't said this yet, but we think... Galaxy's Edge will be one way, meaning you will be able to enter over... Uh, at Grand Avenue by Muppets 3D, and the exit will be into, in the Toy Story Land one. If everybody coming out of Galaxy's Edge is going into Toy Story Land, that may also increase those wait mm-hmm. times as well, just because it'll be the first thing everybody sees when they're done. So it's, it, now I think at, you know, at Rope Drop, I think it will make like Slinky Dog Dash a lot easier because mm-hmm. everybody's just going to end up going into Star Wars Land. But after that, it may not really make much of a difference. Yeah. It's tough here because, like, we're using things like Pandora opening, Cars Land opening, and California Adventure as mm-hmm. as ways to kind of model things like this. But this may be uh, have a much greater impact on Disney World than we've seen before.
1: Right. I mean, using Pandora, we hadn't had a movie in like nine years, ten years, and I mean, there's not a ton of avatar fans out there in mm-hmm. comparison to star wars i mean star wars is huge
0: one thing we've looked a lot at is, is when Diagon Alley opened now they did use a reservation system where like basically got a fast pass to enter the land you had to go and and get your your return time and it did increase the lines at the other rides but it was fairly marginal like people just seemed to not be doing all they they didn't necessarily do all the rides while they were waiting there so it it could be like that like it's it's really hard to tell especially before we know how they're going to handle the crowds
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of unknowns right now and all we can really do is speculate and kind of use past data to Mm -hmm. share what we think but our final star wars question is by simon how do you think the wait times for a smuggler's run will be a few weeks months after opening in Walt Disney World. I think it's going to be a bit like the, you know, Flight of Passage effect Mm -hmm. because it's Star Wars. And I think the same for Rise of the Resistance once that opens.
0: Well, and I think that's a big factor there is when Rise of the Resistance opens because I think smugglers run up until that point will be very much like Flight of Passage where Mm -hmm. a, a good portion of the people that are there first thing in the morning will go straight there and it will maintain a one and a half, two hour line, basically all day, every day, going up to possibly like Flight of Passage, going up to four hours plus on busy days. But once Rise of the Resistance opens and that splits some, it may actually help both attractions out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then maybe they will will split up the, the people right at the beginning and maybe, you know, I mean, I, I think they'll still probably both be in the, you know, two hour plus range, at all times, you know, unless for some reason one of them is just a terrible ride, which doesn't seem to be the case. But I think it's going to be a long time. And, and like we just said, Hollywood Studios doesn't have much else going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're going to be want to do the two Star Wars attractions. Star Tours is right there. Slinky Dog Dash will still be relatively popular. So it's, there's, but there's not much else until Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opens in spring of 2020.
1: Remember last year when we were talking about alien swirling saucers and slinky dog dash? That seems like child's play compared to this and how big the crowds are going to be. Well,
0: and I'll say I'm still surprised at how how consistent the lines are for Slinky Dog Dash. Like, it's it's a fun little coaster. I like it a lot, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily seem to warrant the multi-hour lines that it it often gets. I think that is a factor of it being in Hollywood Studios.
1: Right. I think so, too. Because there's just not a lot to do there.
0: Yeah, much like how Toy Story Mania in Hollywood Studios always had really long lines. But mm-hmm. in Disney's California Adventure, it gets long lines, but it was never the crazy lines that it got. And right. Because there's just more to do there plus it's in a kind of a weird back section of the park there but you know and now you see like toy story mania they added that third track and now open to some other things that are newer and all of a sudden it, you never really hear about wait times being insane no. there except for like you know christmas week and that. right so.
1: exactly let's switch over to universal studios all right this question is by robin is there a time of year when express pass is not necessary planning on going sometime next year with a family of five. I know it's free in the premium resorts, but would like to stay somewhere cheaper. So Express Pass is kind of like Fast Pass for Universal, except you don't need to like pick and choose what ride you're going to use it on. You can use it on any attraction that it's usable. Right, Brian?
0: Well, there's two different versions of it. If you are staying at one of the deluxe hotels, which are Portofino Bay, Hard Rock, Hotel and Royal Pacific, you get the unlimited express pass included, which means that you can ride any ride you want that, that offers express pass, which is most of them, all the big ones. And, um, you basically get to skip the line. It's like using a fast pass. You don't have to make a reservation for it. Nothing. You just get to, you show your express pass, they scan it, you walk in and you have a much shorter wait. You can also purchase the fast pass. You can either buy the unlimited express or there's a, a slightly cheaper version where you get one express pass per attraction. Mm-hmm. So you can use it one time at, at all of the attractions. Yeah. Now, Robin, Robin's question basically is, is, is it necessary? No, I don't, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I think in most situations, it's not really yeah. necessary. Uh, it's definitely helpful.
1: It's
0: nice. Yeah, you don't really have to plan much at all if you're using it because you can kind of just walk on to, you know, not walk on. It's like Fast Pass where you still might have a 10 or 15-minute wait, but still, you know, a 10 or 15-minute wait for, you know, Spider-Man or Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey and stuff like that is is great. But honestly, like using the the touring plan is just as useful Mm -hmm. uh, because there are quite a few rides that never really get, super long waits so you just do the busiest ones and first thing in the morning and then save the other ones for later and you can still do you can still see you know everything in that in both parks in two days if you really want to yeah. uh, using the touring plans uh you know three days at most so if you're trying to save money and the other some of the other resorts at at universal are great i've stayed at almost all of them now i haven't i haven't been to sapphire falls but uh Uh, I really, my kids really like to Cabana Bay, so if you want to save some money, especially if it's not that busy time of year, now I would say a touring plan is would be just fine.
1: Yeah, I used a touring plan when I went last July. I did not get Express Pass, and I didn't need it. You know, the waits weren't very long, and I went in July, so it was the middle Mm -hmm. of the summer, and it was just fine. However, if you only have one day and you want to do both parks, then I would say, you know, maybe something to consider. That being said, when I was there, it rained for a couple hours and like all of the major rides shut down. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I get stuck is, do you want to get an express pass and then have it rain and then have all the rides shut down and then you can't really use it? That's my only thing there.
0: One thing to keep in mind too, when if you're staying at a Universal Hotel and that's any of them, and the new ones, the, their new cheapest ones, one of them will open this year, the Surfside Inn, which is part of the Endless Summer Resort, opens fairly soon, I think, in June, I think, it opens. And uh, all of their hotels give you the um, early entry, which is like a morning extra magic hour. Where you get mm-hmm. to go in an hour early. Now, very few rides are open during that. Um it's basically the Harry Potter rides, and sometimes like one or two other things, depending on which park you're at.
1: But you can get them out of the way.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Those are still three or four <clears throat> rides that you don't that you can do with minimal weights. I have a video on our YouTube channel, uh, which is youtubecom slash uh, about the early entry at uh, Universal Studios Florida, which was the park that was having it the day I was there, and I actually ended up going on Escape from Gringotts, the the Harry Potter attraction in Diagon Alley because as I was shooting the video I went and looked and it was posted I think at either a five or ten minute wait uh, and it wasn't even that so I was like yeah you know what I'm gonna just go on this now so yeah it's it's you will still have that advantage no matter which you stay at as long as you're at a universal hotel
1: all right Jean who comments on a lot of our things so hello Jean Um, she has her first universal trip coming up in a few days she's staying off-site across from Portofino she wants to know, is it safe enough to walk at night after closing? Are water taxis limited to hotel guests?
0: For the second question first, water taxis are not limited to hotel guests. They uh, Anybody can ride them. So you can absolutely take the water taxi to and from Portofino. As far as safe enough to walk, that I don't really know about. I know there are sections, especially on like the other end near where like Cabana Bay is and stuff, where if you go a couple blocks it's it's maybe not the best area it's one of the reasons that you will see like at some of the universal hotels they are like almost completely fenced in and key carded so that not just anybody can walk into them the end where portofino is i don't remember hearing about that i don't i, I don't really know that area that well though unfortunately once we get off the off universal's property at least i looked at the map And it looks like there are, you know, sidewalks and crosswalks and stoplights there. So I I don't think it will be too big an issue. One thing you do have to be aware of, though, is that the way Portofino works, it's, it's kind of very curvy getting in. So, like, it might be a little bit of a walk getting from where the water taxi drops off back out to the front and then across. But, yeah, it would be a little bit of a walk to get to, like, the parking garage and get, you know, a taxi or something anyway. So I'm not exactly sure how to answer that, but you can, the water taxi is definitely available. I know that part.
1: All right. Last question is by Stacy. Universal, I'm going for the first time. We will have front of the line pass unlimited. So if you were going this way, what would you do first? We want to see everything. You start small and build to the main attractions or do you start there? Well, I mean, we would probably suggest using a touring plan. (laughs) That's
0: exactly what I was about (laughs) to do. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then that could help you kind of decide what to do first from there and i have used a touring plan through universal and actually i i got the i used the Derek bergen method he he kind of talked me through doing the wizarding world of harry potter and through that and using a touring plan it was like the perfect method ever and i think i have i I think i talked through both of those on my uh, harry potter vlogs which are on youtube but what do you have to say brian
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, this is, you can input that you have an express pass into the touring plans and it will still, because they, like I said before, there is still, can be a, you know, a little bit of a wait. So if you save Spider-Man for 2 p.m., you might wait 15 or 20 minutes, or if you did it early in the morning, maybe you wouldn't wait at all. And then not every attraction has express pass. So you might, you know, some of those, maybe you'll want to get out of the way a little earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Other than that, as far as a strategy, I I wouldn't run all over the place. You know, I would say like focus, you know, find one or two of the busier attractions Go there first, you know. Go to that section first, and then just kind of do what else is in that section. Then maybe go to a different one. So, like, you know, if we're, if we're talking Islands of Adventure, maybe go to Marvel Superhero Island. Do Hulk on your, you know, on your way by. Go to Spider Man, and then if you want to do like the Doctor Doom's Fearfall or the Storm Force Accelerator, Acceleratron, or whatever the thing is, you know, you can do those while you're there, and then just move on either. And then go like you go maybe over to Hogsmeade and do the Harry Potter ones and then kind of work your way around that way. Like I would kind of do it at one section at a time so that you're not just running back and forth the whole Mm -hmm. time. I
1: would agree. All right. The gondolas, the Skyliner systems. We had lots of questions about the Skyliners. Um, I just combined them into three because we got a lot of the same. Emily wants to know, can strollers be brought on the gondolas? Yes. Yes. I mean, they pretty much have to with all the families who use them. So yes, yep. they can. And uh, as can ECVs and wheelchairs. Yep.
0: And, and I believe if I remember right, at least some of the benches in the gondolas do flip up kind of like they do on the buses and that they to can. make more more space if you need more for you know strollers and wheelchairs and things like that. So.
1: Oh, well, that's good to know.
0: I think, I think I remember. I know, and I can't remember because I read a lot about various, you know, gondola systems when I was researching some of the Skyliner stuff. So I think that was the Disney Skyliner that I saw. I was trying to look because they had the Orlando Sentinel very recently got kind of looks inside of them. And I was just uh, trying to find that to see if they said anything in there, but it doesn't look like. Doesn't look like they necessarily do, but I know they will be able to take strollers and wheelchairs and things like that. So obviously, they have to take wheelchairs. That's the law, I believe. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so then they can definitely take strollers too.
1: And we know that 10 people can fit inside. We know mm-hmm. that. But probably up to what, 16 if there's standing room?
0: I don't know if they, because I'm sure there are weight limits, so they may not try to put more than ten in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, th- I think they are probably still working some of that out. Yeah, all it says is that twin wooden benches can carry up to ten people. It looks like there's a bench on either side, and then the whole kind of middle is open. It almost reminds you of the way that the monorails are laid out. Yeah, uh, where kind of the whole middle section is is where you would put you know things like strollers. So. But yes, I know they have said that that you will be able to just walk right on with them like the monorail is.
1: Amy says, do we have any idea how long it will take riding the gondolas from one location to the next? So we know that it's going to take roughly five to 15 minutes, depending on your location. I did find a list of estimated journeys, like from Caribbean Beach to Pop Century, it's going to be about like less than six minutes, or Caribbean Beach to Riviera, about five minutes. These gondolas are gonna go about, I think, eleven miles an hour, so they're gonna go pretty mm-hmm. fast. And for those of you who are worried about the no air conditioning, I mean that's gonna provide a pretty good breeze, I would think.
0: Yeah, I and mean, they keep saying that they're going to be they're gonna have a little bit of a breeze and that they have reflective surf things on all the windows so that like the sun won't like bake you in there. I am still a little bit leery about that part of it. But I, I have also read, again in research I've done for these I saw that there is some in like Southeast Asia that do not have air conditioning and their climate is not that much different than Florida so you know I guess it you know maybe it is okay. Disney did release some summer you know a summary of some of the times so that that you can can find if you search and I know like the longest one yeah like you said is, is Caribbean Beach to International Gateway and in Epcot. Mm -hmm. is 15 minutes is the longest one they list obviously if you went from pop century to epcot it would be another five or six minutes there the way these usually work is that each section of the route you would have to kind of get off and then get back on the next section Mm -hmm. now presumably that wouldn't take very long because the lines hopefully will will be moving pretty good but if you have to go through like coming from pop century art of animation you have you potentially would have to get off at Caribbean Beach, get on the section that goes to Riviera, get off there, get on the section that goes to Epcot. So that could definitely add some extra time to that route. So they didn't really say whether these are just ride times or total times or, or what, but it looks like most of your trips will take 20, 25 minutes or under, which is pretty similar to the way the buses are anyway. So
1: And I will be staying at Art of Animation in August. So if the gondolas are done by then, I will be taking one and filming and getting footage and kind of showing you what that's like.
0: Yeah, we have uh, for our Galaxy's Edge coverage, we have people staying at both there and at Caribbean Beach. So uh, which will be the two active stations, hopefully at that time.
1: Yes. Our final gondola question is by Sarah. Is there any information on if each family is allowed in one of the new gondolas or if you will have to share with those not in your party? I guess it really depends how big your family is. I would assume Mm -hmm. that Disney is going to fill it to capacity, but I'm sure if you make a request, maybe they will accommodate you. But again, I think it depends how big your family is.
0: Yeah, I think it will depend on the size of your family and how big the line is. Yeah. I think if you have two people and the line there's a decent line behind you then they probably will not let you to have one by yourself mm-hmm. if there isn't much of a line or if you have six people in your family then maybe they wouldn't bother even trying yeah i think with systems like these usually the more important part is to keep them moving yeah rather than necessarily fill them to capacity. It's not like the bus. Like the bus, you want to get as many people on as possible mm-hmm. because it's sitting there anyway. With with this, they can stop them. The The way they work is they will not be going 11 miles an hour when you're trying to get on it. As it comes into the station, it kind of detaches a little bit from the track and it continue it, it continues to move around, but much, much slower. Mm-hmm. So it is a moving thing. They're not going to be wanting to necessarily sit there saying like, you know, okay, two more. Do I have a party of two? Do I have a part? you know, kind of thing. Right. Uh, like they do with some of the rides. So now presumably being Disney, they will have People set up ahead of time, so you know who's going in what car. But still, I I think they're going to want to move at more speed, so they maybe would be a little lax. You know, maybe not necessarily putting ten people in each one. Mm -hmm. Now, you they can actually pull the cars completely off the line. So if they have somebody with you know mobility issues or things like that, it won't slow down the rest of it, which is very nice. But my guess is they're going to try to hit you know six people ish on each one of these or or more. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, then fine. But I think if there's not much of a line and you say, like, hey, can we get our own? They'll just be like, whatever, get in.
1: That's crazy to me that they can do that, that they can pull it off the line.
0: Yeah, they're pretty, these are pretty advanced uh, things. Like, they're, it's very impressive how the technology works and that they're, they're pretty reliable too, which is uh, nice. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think I think it's going to be very useful for people at those resorts. Uh, I just like that you're at least moving, even if it takes as long as a bus does. I just like that you're at least moving the whole time instead of sitting and waiting for the bus.
1: Right. I know. I think I think it's going to be more scenic than a bus. Maybe a little quieter. Probably a lot quieter than a bus. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Well, actually, am I looking forward to it? I think. Glad. I think. Our when we talked with Pete. I said I wasn't, but now that I'm like seeing more pictures and stuff and getting used to the idea, I think it's gonna <laughs> be. I think it's gonna be better than I than I thought. All right, moving on to park questions. Emily asks, any word on extra days for Fantasy Land, early morning magic, and Toy Story early morning magic for September and October? Now, with the well, at least with the after hours events, they were announcing these only a month before the event started, so they announced them. Um, in late, late March for like the early May dates. So is that what they normally do, Brian? Do they normally announce them that late?
0: The after hours they announce in chunks. So like every couple months they'll announce like in the next few months. Early morning magic they put out more regularly. Usually it's like kind of as, as time passes, they will just add more. They have kind of stopped that now. The ones at the Magic Kingdom and Fantasyland, they have them all through September. They're they're scheduled already. They're the first, the third, eighth, tenth, seventeenth, and twenty fourth of September. Mm-hmm. They don't have any up yet for October. Toy Story Land is definitely going to be the interesting one. They do not have any listed after August, which is not coincidentally when Galaxy's Edge opens. Yeah, in fact, they have one August twenty eighth. At Toy Story Land. They have an early morning magic, but after that they do not have any listed for September or after. We just don't know what they're going to do. And, and again, like I've said, I said a lot in this Galaxy's Edge questions, uh, a lot of it might just depend on what they decide to do operationally because if they end up opening the park at 8 a.m. every day, they can't have the early morning magic unless they want to start it at 6 30 in the morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I don't think they're going to do that. Right. So it might be a while before we do a Toy Story more early morning magic. I would think at, at some point they're going to want to start doing paid events in Galaxy's Edge as well because that just seems like an easy way to make money. So,
1: I mean, why wouldn't they just do both? Why wouldn't they do the well, Toy that's Story a, yeah. one? Yeah, and then do just a private Star Wars one.
0: But again, I, I think they just don't know yet how yeah. they want to deal with this. It's possible that they'll, for both Pandora and Toy Story Land, they had a daily extra magic hour in the morning Mm -hmm. for two months, I think, after each one opened. So uh, it could just be that that's what they're going to do for for Hollywood Studios. They could do an 8am opening and a a. 7am early extra magic hour every single day, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of what they did for Pandora for a while. So it could just be a lot of hours Mm -hmm. uh, normally that they may not be able to fit in paid events, but I'm sure they will get there eventually.
1: Yeah, you almost wonder if they'll do like like reservation based extra magic hours or something. Because imagine getting up early for an extra magic hour, getting there and the land is packed. And then you're like, well I got up early for nothing. I don't know. Yeah, but
0: but I mean like Pandora wasn't like that. Like if you went during the extra magic hours of Pandora, like it was much better.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So I don't think it would be I mean there's even though there are a lot of people, there's a lot of hotel rooms and a lot of people but if the extra magic hour starts at seven, people are still not going to want to get up and get there at seven in the morning, no matter what. Like,
1: yeah, it's that's just not true. how people work. It's going to be a lot less busy. Yeah. So, kind of going along with this, Neil wants to know Are evening extra magic hours at Magic Kingdom going away due to all the parties and hard ticket events? I mean, I wouldn't think so.
0: It's weird. There was a rumor that started that Magic Kingdom was doing away with their evening extra magic hours. And then there weren't any on the schedule for october now we have heard that there will be evening extra magic hours at magic kingdom in november but the schedule hasn't gotten there yet so we don't we, we don't know for sure it doesn't seem to be because of the parties there's not that many more parties and events right. at magic kingdom than there have been in the past and they've only, they only do one extra magic evening extra magic hour a week so it's not like they need that much uh, extra time to do it. So I don't think they're going away. They may cut down a little bit on them, but maybe they will just skip certain times. I think part of the reason they didn't do them for October is because there are a ton of Halloween parties in October. Yeah, I mean, I it's think something so. like 19 or 20 Halloween parties in October. So it could just be that they didn't want to then to have the park open that late. Mm-hmm. That many times, so it's possible they will do stuff like that. But once you get through the ridiculous amounts of Halloween parties, it, it gets a lot more spaced out.
1: But then you get into the Christmas parties.
0: But they don't do they don't do nearly as many Christmas. It, it, they do like half the the amount of Christmas parties compared to Halloween parties. So
1: it it is crazy. Like they do Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Like it's it, the increase over the past few years has been amazing to me.
0: Yeah, they do twenty 23- three. Mickey's very merry Christmas parties and they're doing 36. Mickey's not so scary Halloween parties this year, or so wow. Now they have more time to do the Halloween parties because they can yeah. start them in August. Mm-hmm. So there's still there's there's quite a few more, and especially October. October is just just way packed in.
1: Yeah. All right. Our final park question is Dave, would you ever do the parkology challenge? So the parkology challenge is basically you do every Walt Disney World ride in a day.
0: We've had lots of people doing it. We call it the ultimate touring plan. We've been doing it since 2006.
1: Yes. And and I looked at that touring plan and I mean, it's crazy. We actually have a question later on about that. So we'll talk about it a little more. Would you ever do it, Brian?
0: I have never done it. I probably, and maybe I would. I, I don't, I don't know. We've had a lot of people that We'll do the ultimate touring plans. We usually ask them to let us know when they're doing them so that we can uh, kind of follow them around. but yeah the the Magic Kingdom ultimate touring plan has 50 steps on it.
1: Oh my God. So
0: it's a lot yeah it's a lot of stuff. so but we've had we've had people that, that used to do them pretty regularly actually. Um, I remember uh, Kenny the Pirate who has his own site now uh, was one that used to do our ultimate touring plans quite often was very good at them, if I remember right, actually. So we have been doing those for, for quite a while. I did not I did not know that that was what the parkology challenge was. I've seen that posted a couple times on Twitter, and I thought it was like a scavenger hunt type thing or something like that.
1: I can't see you being happy at the end of the day if you did it.
0: Well, I mean, now I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't necessarily see the point because... Um, If I was by myself, I'm usually trying to do other stuff. And uh, if I'm with the family, my kids right now would never be able to do it. But when they were like teenagers, then maybe I could see something like that coming up.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's the uh, Walt Disney World 49. So it's 49 Hmm. rides. I would do it if people really wanted a video of me doing it. So, yeah, I'd do it for that and I'd probably film it.
0: But. but still, that would be one video in a full day of shooting. That would see, I know. <laughs> feels wasteful.
1: It, for, I know. It's like such a waste. You do nothing else the entire day. But yes. I
0: think normally when I'm there, I shoot something like 15 videos a day. So I you know. know. <laughs> it's like-
1: I think I sleep four hours a night when during work oh, trips because yeah. we're just like, you and I are filming so much while we I can't live. wait
0: to go to California for uh, Galaxy's Edge where I'm also on a weird time schedule. So. Oh
1: my gosh, because you're <laughs> East Coast, yep. going all the way to West Coast. I'm like right in the middle, so it's not bad for me either way, but it's going to be a little crazy for you. Now, our next category is touring plans based, and we have Candace. Does the August crowd calendar take into account the Early Morning Magic events that are already scheduled? How do these hard ticket events affect the overall park crowds?
0: They do take those into account. Yes. They don't actually affect the the crowds that no, much.
1: They really don't. The
0: Early Morning Magic events, they don't let a lot of people in. So it's it's fairly it's not that many people to start with. And then because they they let them go on what are usually the busiest attractions, then all of those people kind of go elsewhere once yeah. the park opens. So, like, you know, if you're at Toy Story Land riding Slinky Dog Dash and Toy Story Mania for that, you know, hour and 15 minutes or whatever. You're not going to hang out in there still when everybody else comes into the park. Yeah. That's when you're going to go to Rock and Roller Coaster or Tower of Terror. You know, it kind of just helps spread the crowd a little bit more than it would normally. So no, they we really haven't noticed much increase, if any. I, I'm not sure if there's been any increase because of them.
1: Carrie, will you be doing a touring plan for the water parks? That is a very good question.
0: We do have uh, touring plans on the site for the water parks. They, we do not have personalized touring plans available, partially because, well, we just don't get asked about them all, all that much, honestly, but also not all of the attractions at the water parks post wait times which would mean that we would have to have researchers actually waiting in the lines to time them like over and over and over again, which Mm -hmm. uh, is not the best use of resources we could do. Uh, So we do have kind of general touring plans for the water parks already on the site, but they cannot be personalized, unfortunately. And no, I don't think we really have much of a plan to do uh, anything further with it at the moment.
1: We did talk about going into the water parks more and getting a little more footage. So if that's something that you'd like us to do, Just let us know on Twitter using hashtag TPPOD, Touring Plans Podcast. Judy, I'd love to see a plan that's focused on singles visiting Walt Disney World. It would include single rider lines and rope drop. Any chance of that?
0: yeah, I mean that's that would definitely be a possibility. We do have some data on single rider lines. We don't have enough to be comfortable with them, which is why we don't necessarily make them active on the plans. but uh, but yeah, I can definitely look in to see how much work that would be. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of single rider lines yeah. at Disney World. there's only there's only a handful like there's there's like two attractions at each park kind of that mm-hmm. use them.
1: We're getting a lot of good ideas today. All right, Trevor, I want to attempt the ultimate Magic Kingdom touring plan. There we go. In July with evening. Now we're back on brand. Yeah. I want to attempt the ultimate Magic Kingdom touring plan in July with evening extra magic hours. Any tips? Definitely do rope drop. Go on a day where there's uh, extra Mm -hmm. magic hours for sure. We said
0: he's doing evening extra magic hours, so yeah.
1: Oh yeah, he wrote that. I did not see that. I would say ride during, you know, like... Meal times, do quick service or just grab snacks so you're not spending a lot of time, you know, on meals. Ride during the fireworks or the parades. Because I looked at the touring plan and I didn't see the fire. Well, I for sure didn't see the fireworks and, and I didn't look that hard for the parades. But ride during those times. Do you have any other tips, Brian?
0: We do have like a rule sheet on our blog. If you just search on the blog for Ultimate Touring Plan, you'll find some stuff on that. I know we've had people that have submitted like tips and things before. We do have an article. It's, it's an older one. It's from 2011, but about preparing for an ultimate touring plan, mm-hmm. which might be helpful. I know we've had some people give tips before. I remember one of them that somebody told me, and I can't remember what, is to bring like extra pairs of like socks, bring like bandages and things for your feet because you are walking and walking quickly a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's hot and sweaty, you know, and they say like things like when you're sitting in the tiki room and that kind of stuff is a good time to kind of slyly change your socks in the back of the room and stuff like that. So do things like that. Make sure you bring lots of water because you're not going to want to keep stopping and, and getting water. Yeah. The food, if you, Honestly, if you can kind of pack stuff. Yeah. We used to do that with my kids actually where we we'd feed them when we were on like it's a small world. We'd sit there and like have them eat sandwiches and things because they were <laughs> they're picky eaters and they didn't want to eat when we wanted to eat anyway. So it's like
1: eating sandwiches during the ride. That's so funny.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, you could do something like that or yeah, definitely, you know, just quick services and things you can eat kind of on the on the go is what I would say. Yeah, just assume you're not going to have a lot of extra time to do stuff.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a very busy day, but that's really exciting. I mean, good luck with that. Pete, is Brian going to do any new Beat the Crowd map videos soon, or are ones that are about a year old still relevant going to be in Walt Disney World end of August?
0: The answer to both of those is yes. The ones that are available are still useful, uh, which is why I haven't necessarily rush to film new ones but I will also be doing new ones just just because the other ones are a little old and I know people don't trust them as much if they're if they're a couple years old Mm -hmm. besides I will definitely have to do new ones for Disneyland and Hollywood Studios after Galaxy's Edge opens I've just been kind of waiting for to see how how it works first yeah and then you know there'll be lots of changes to Epcot you know in the next year or two and so there will definitely be be more coming but I I probably should do, you know, redo some of them anyway because uh, there was some of those I was a little, you know, sloppy and long-winded even for me. So
1: I just love that you are filming with your kids' art easel. I think that's my oh, favorite. Oh yeah, part yeah. We got
0: rid show. of that unfortunately, so that's oh. why I have to just tape them to the walls now.
1: That was my favorite prop.
0: What I need is one of those big maps that pulls down from the ceiling like yes, Walt has in his special. You know?
1: I think you should invest in that. Last question for the day. Demi says, how do you recommend adding character meets not listed as attractions to a touring plan? Uh, this is a question that we got several times. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to talk about that. And then she had a couple more, which we'll address after this.
0: We get this a lot. The problem with the most of the meet and greets is that, like the, the water parks, Disney doesn't post wait times for them. And the reason they don't is because, you know, this is a little behind the scenes, uh, magic. So if there are little ones listening, you may want to stop it now, but there are generally, they, they have to take a break. They have to switch cast members sometimes. So a lot of times those meet and greets, like say Merida is when we get a question about a lot in the magic kingdom. She doesn't meet continuously. She'll meet for, you know, 40 to 50 minutes out of every hour, then take like a 10 to 20 minute break and then sometimes she'll come back as the same person. Sometimes she'll come back as a slightly different person, but because of that gap in meeting uh, and they don't dump the line. So if you get in line, you know, right when she starts meeting people, you might have to wait 40 minutes. Well, maybe you have to wait 45 minutes and now you hit another break. And then your weight goes up by 20 more minutes because she's just not meeting anybody. It's a very hard thing to model. Because it matters a lot when you get in the line and when their break is going to be. And we've tried a few times and it's just never quite worked the way we wanted it to. So that's why we don't have them. We do have on the touring plan any meet that has a wait time. So anything in uh, Princess Fairy Tale Hall. Things like, you know, the meet Mickey in Town Square we have on there. The reason those have wait times is because, you know, again, uh, behind the magic, there are multiple rooms with multiple Mickeys. Mm -hmm. So even when one is on break, they continue meeting. So that's why it can have a wait time. Uh, It's a lot more predictable. As far as how to deal with them in the touring plans, uh, you can add a break as as demi mentions the other suggestion she has is actually the one i tell people is to add a fake meal into your plan the advantage with doing that is that it is location bound on the plan so if you're meeting merida you can put in a visit to the cheshire cafe which is kind of right around the Mm -hmm. corner and you can add a note in there saying like oh you know no we're actually meeting merida and that way you can set it for as long as you want And it will know that that's where you're supposed to be at that time. I would recommend if you're focusing on meeting characters, do it, you know, as early as you can, they do get very busy, but yeah, that's right now, that's kind of how we have to handle them in the plans.
1: All right. That's all we have for today. Gosh, we answered a lot of questions.
0: And we have a lot more.
1: I know we have a ton more questions. So we will have a part two to this answering Twitter, Instagram questions, more Facebook questions. We will do that maybe a couple episodes from now. But thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like this episode, please give us a review on iTunes. It really gives our podcast visibility. Also, if you have any comments or questions, you can use hashtag TPPOD on Twitter. You can follow us at Touring Plans. Brian is yes that Brian, And I am at Angela Dahlgren. That's all on Twitter. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Touring Plans Podcast. More money-saving episodes on the way. In the meantime, plan your perfect trip at touringplans.com.